With every coach that's out there, you can find ways to, well, recognize that there's coach speak. But to understand Liberty University, and you can take this in a number of ways to start the fast lane, there's an entirely different level of understanding the coach speak that goes into it. I actually don't mean that in a bad way. A lot of it is the fact that I genuinely believe the players for the football and basketball team, but particularly the basketball team and the bond of Richie McKay and how he speaks eloquently of a team that is you know good but not great this year, I genuinely believe that they care a lot about each other, that they're invested in trying to get better together. Uh, I've expressed and, and continue to maintain, I just think there are limitations when you've got two guards under six feet tall and you regularly compete with bigger, longer, and more athletic guards. And you can have both of them on the roster. It's just you need other players that are backcourt capable to step up and complement them and maybe have different roles for Colin Porter and Kaden Matheny, who both have shown their value individually. It's just putting on the court at the same time can create some real challenges for a team like Liberty University. But God bless them. They showed against Middle Tennessee and even in the comeback against Louisiana Tech that they could work through that. And it speaks to a bigger point, and that is that with this team, but in life in general and in sports in general, oftentimes to obtain that progress, it's much more of a zigzag theory. And I'm not talking about the kind in sports betting where you use this in the NBA and NHL playoffs in particular, which is the team that loses the first game is going to bounce back and win the second game. The zigzag theory. You zig from one winner to the next on your way through. And it doesn't always hold true. But when it comes to basketball, it's a little bit different. Or just personal growth. There's a different level to that. So that's a great opportunity for us to decipher what Richie McKay Kyle Road and the Liberty Flames are saying and then what they actually mean. Nothing beats an insightful press conference. I think I realized we got a long way to go. You know, uh, we definitely did some good things and we did some things that we, we want to take back. We left some yards and some points out there on the field, but for the first time coming out uh, and to get a dub is really a blessing and we were just happy to have that. That's why you need so-called experts to decipher what's really being said. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. It's right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. It's time for what he said and what he meant. True insight into all the cliches and coach speak. So for the Flames, the win against Louisiana Tech is one that will stand out in a real positive way for this team. And resiliency is the word that we used for it. And maybe begrudgingly, Richie McKay said, yeah, that's probably the right way to describe the performance against Louisiana Tech in a context of a bigger picture theme with this team, which is there are limitations, which means they have to be resilient to overcome them. I think resilient would be one of the words I'd use to characterize our group. I think there's a lot of maturity. Kyle Rhodes, a great leader. Joseph Vincent, who was available, but the longer we give him, the, uh, the better opportunity is that he'll be able to finish the season. So... Uh, I needed to sit him one more game, I thought. And uh, you should have heard those guys on the bench. Like, it was terrific. I I didn't use the bench as much as I have been tonight because uh, I just felt like we, we got a little bit of time off after this, and I felt like those guys were playing well. But uh, resilient would definitely be one of the words I'd use to describe them. It's reasonable because, again, resilient it goes hand-in-hand hand with challenges. Now, every team is going to encounter theirs. Even with, uh, Trey and I have expressed plenty of skepticism about the Purdue Boilermakers this year, but even with a team like UConn, 
there, there don't look like there is any UConn of last year that's just blitzing through everyone consistently. Although UConn, in their defense, looking like they might be that team given the way they've really started to come together the last couple of weeks. But there are a lot of other teams that on any given you know night, not any given Sunday as the NFL phrase goes, but on any given night, there are a lot of teams out there that can find a way to put it together when you show resiliency. But again, it goes back to what Tony Bennett said uh, Tuesday night after the loss to Pitt for Virginia, where you got to have mental toughness the entire time. That's a big theme with it. And it's a learned process, which is why, as Richie McKay noted for Liberty, the growth is rarely linear or a straight path. Uh, Happy with our group and the way they navigated the bumpy road. You know, we, we talk all the time in that locker room about growth and uh, it's a misnomer to think growth is linear. It's not. Like, you got to go through some stuff. You got to grow. You got to learn. And uh, he, there's a group of young men in that locker room that just keep honoring the process of trying to get better. And uh, I say it all the time, but we're uh, pleased to coach them. It's not linear. I mean, th- that's the group part and the, the challenge of understanding. And I'm going to sound like get off my lawn, dude, for a moment here. Uh, but... It's the fact that sometimes people, and I don't think it's just young people, I think in general people are more conditioned than ever to not fight through some level of adversity. And there comes a time where the healthy and the correct thing is in fact to realize that you need to bow out of a situation. But I do believe sometimes people are too quick to go down that road and don't give themselves enough time to work through that challenge. And in doing so, that's where, as Richie McKay noted, it is not a linear progression forward. It takes a level of resiliency. And it's helpful, sure, to have guys like Kyle Road who buy into the notion that you need to be resilient. Yeah, I think just from the beginning, like not having JV defensive player of the year in my mind, and um, that's gonna be that's gonna put you put you back a little bit, and then we turn the ball over a little too much in the first half. So uh, just kind of uncharacteristic, but felt like we did a good job of staying in there down seven at half, and then second half made some plays. These guys did an unbelievable job um, getting their hands on some loose balls uh, and doing some other things um, defensively that really helped out. And Caden uh, made some big shots. Peeves made some big shots. So it was fun. Made some big plays, stepped up. Guys understood how to do that. I mean, the essence, again, of what Kyle Rode in that case is saying is we've had to learn to get to that point. And in learning to get to that point, we've had to grow as a team and figure out how to actually handle that type of challenge and that type of adversity. And it goes back to the point that we've said, which is for a team like Liberty, you need all the little edges that you can get because of their limitations. And some people may view it this way. Some people may not. But you know, I've always thought for a while that you know, while players at BYU, for example, are not generally as athletic as players at other schools, sometimes the best athletes don't want to have to wait two years to go on an LDS mission. And that's not a requirement to attend BYU. But because of the culture of the school, people often go down that route. I think It Lippert, is Brigham Young University. Yeah, it is named after the founder of the LDS church. Um Liberty is not named after the founder of a Baptist denomination. And I think relative to you know how BYU is pretty stringent for the LDS church, I don't think Liberty is as stringent, despite the fact they are often labeled it's also that not a. It's not also unlike BYU, which is like the LDS college, or the, the there are like, there is a 
I don't want to say bigger Baptist university, but they're sort because like Baylor University is a Baptist. No, and, as well. I, and, and I don't think that's an off-base comment, Trey, to throw in there about Baylor being a bigger Baptist university. Certainly, I mean, with all due respect to Liberty, who made the Fiesta Bowl this past year, Baylor they made a number of New Year's Six bowl games, including winning the Sugar Bowl a couple of years ago, back when Matt Rule was the head coach there before the disaster with the Carolina Panthers. And you can look at the success, all issues aside from Art Bryles at Baylor. Note how I said Art Bryles, not Ian McCall. But from Art Bryles at Baylor, I mean, football-wise, they've got more history and success. But there's also the fact that, I mean, it can be viewed as a downside, the religious component to a school. But it can be a plus in providing a level of perspective, stability, and maturity, whether you're an active member of the faith or not, just being around that environment can create, wait for the C word here, but culture, which is so hard to find. Yeah, I think, I think we had the group that was um, super, super mature in, in their basketball career and also in their faith. Like sometimes uh, God will put you through some things that maybe, maybe you didn't want to happen and uh, it's how you respond to it. So I think in the last nine days we responded really well and we're going to keep responding really well and uh, just take it game by game and uh, I love this team, and I love what we can still do in March. So, Kyle Rode, speaking prominently about that for Liberty. It's been a plus for them. It's been a really good thing for Liberty to have that. And again, they need every edge they can get given the challenges that they have. Speaking of challenges and overcoming them, those are things that we will discuss momentarily in the Fast Five at Five-ish. But did you have a challenging Valentine's Day? Did you fail to get the right gift for that significant other. I mean, my wife and I aren't big on gifts, but we got cards for each other. Just a little, hey, I love you. Friendly reminder, of course. Um, you didn't do flowers? Not for that holiday, if that's what you want to call it. Um, my wife's dad, so my father-in-law, that's kind of his deal. Gets her flowers regularly. Got it. And it's, you know, any occasion he sends flowers to his daughter. Sweet. It's awesome. Uh, but that's the, the, the bond that they have together. I just want and, to be sure you don't get in trouble. Yeah, I do appreciate it. It's very helpful that you're thinking out for me, Trey. Got you back. But if you need to show that special someone you care, see, you can always say, I was just waiting for the right moment this weekend. And that is by visiting InsaneRadioDeals.com and grabbing a Yamada Japanese barbecue gift card. Or if you want to make it a real date, maybe you've got an event you want to go attend in the Star City, the Wasina City Tap Room is a great experience over there. 31 different craft beverages. You can get the drift of what that means. Of course, we encourage you to celebrate responsibly if that's the route you end up going. But so many cool items to shop 24-7 at InsaneRadioDeals.com. More Hoops Talk 525-ish today in the fast lane with Hall of Famer David Teal of Richmond.com. But before we chat it up with him, NASCAR topics galore in the Fast Five at 5-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. There are a number of NASCAR stories that might have slipped through the cracks, and understandably so, as the NFL playoff push and college basketball season intensified. So, that's where we come in. Trey, you might have discussed this already in the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast. Or, uh, although I didn't hear this one, or Bringing the Heat with Brian Nolan, which just dropped earlier today, I believe. Um, 
But Roger Carruth, name the driver of the Spire Motorsports 71 Chevy Silverado truck. So obviously it's a truck series drive. It's noteworthy because he's another drive for diversity driver. We've mentioned uh, how that's a good initiative for NASCAR, but he's actually a guy who ran qualified and practiced very well last year, just didn't put it all together. But the fact that one of his sponsors is, uh, how shall we say this without getting too specific here, tied into Hendrick Motorsports. Is Rick Hendrick. Just better way to put it. That's a good way to describe it. Rick Hendrick is essentially helping to bankroll Rajah Karuth, especially for 10 races where a Rick Hendrick organization is sponsoring Rajah Karuth. He also similar. ran for Hendrick Motorsports in the Xfinity Series last year, and I think that's continuing. They just haven't announced it yet. Because of that, though, Trey, this is what you want. You're not going to just hand rides over flippantly to women, to African-Americans, to Hispanics, or anyone else. But when you see talented drivers in the pipeline, moving them along. And I think this is a good thing in NASCAR. But whether it's make fun of her results all you want, Danica Patrick, or Haley Deegan, or certainly Bubba Wallace, people are mixed on whether he'll have a breakout year or a regression year, but regardless of how you view that, or even Daniel Suarez, um, the fact that those guys have had opportunities and sustained opportunities, uh, it's punched through the glass ceiling, and it's frankly helped elevate the overall talent base of younger African Americans, females, any other ethnicity in NASCAR, and that is a good thing because it opens up the door to a wider audience, and yes, therefore more dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Number four. Sports Business Journal reporting that NASCAR will host a number of officials in Daytona and already are doing so from different countries this week. Part of the value for that is the concept of different countries who are interested in hosting a race. I believe this was a topic, by the way, that was broached on the Front Stretch Happy Hour podcast that dropped a couple of days ago, but I finally listened to it earlier today at double speed, of course. You can watch it also on YouTube at youtube.com backslash French Stretch. Thanks for the plug, Trey. But this is a setup for NASCAR that they are trying to grow as much as they can. And the departure of the clash from LA to destination unknown just yet really is an indicator whether you factor in Mexico being reported there or Canada being reported to have tried to been on the NASCAR schedule this year. They couldn't work out the logistics. So the concept that, I mean, I can't believe I'm about to give him credit, but I think it was Brian Nolan who brought up the idea of Wembley Stadium in London being a venue for this. It was Brian Nolan. Great idea. Someone brought up the idea of just, you know, going with the Super Bowl. Yeah, following wherever the Super Bowl is and allowing Fox to promote the start of their season through the clash. It's a very creative concept as well. You can see the streets that will be used in Mardi Gras a couple of weeks later. Uh, of course, I'm speaking in the future. Well, tense I said here. do it in Death Valley. Death Valley at LSU would be a really cool atmosphere. Uh, just imagine this. You know, go Tigers, drivers, start your engines. Any excuse to utter that. But yes, the point being is that NASCAR is getting creative with this. And it's a story that's kind of slipped through the cracks. But is the Bush, uh, the Bud Light Clash or the Bush Clash or whatever they call the... The stinky, nasty beer clash. Although I better be careful because there are a lot of people in Lynchburg that for whatever reason... I like Bush Light. Look, by the way... College days, I had to drink a lot of it. Total quirk aside, there are plenty of people that don't have to drink that. But Lynchburg is an area where I have never seen more people that are in the healthy six to seven figure a year salary and drink the nastiest beer on the planet. I mean, you got people arguing about showing up at a party and who's going to bring the PBR, the Natty, or the Bush Light. I mean, really, can we not improve at least a little bit? I am, I'm all for 
being a bit of a tightwad financially and being fiscally conservative and responsible. But that is just ridiculous. Anyway, yes, NASCAR being creative with the location, it's a really cool concept and it shows, once again, thinking outside the box. Speaking of... Number three. According to Sports Business Journal's Adam Stern, NASCAR, they are open to participating in Days of Thunder sequel if the opportunity presents itself. But while O'Donnell has confirmed NASCAR is interested, he did not say whether a deal is actively being pursued. Look, to NASCAR's credit, they've done this more on another initiative in, in number one or number two, but they've done these type of things where they're thinking outside the box of different ways to connect with people. If you have never seen Days of Thunder, and it's one of the like 10 movies that I've ever seen, it is a really compelling and interesting event. Of course, they did Cars, which is designed more for, you know, kids my young kids age uh since i have two five-year-old boys but it's designed for people of that ilk then there was obviously talladega nights but it's getting creative look i'm as skeptical as anybody of the fact that you have these movies now and people just put sequels out and it's basically redoing the movie and i'd rather just see the original movie but i get it it's popular it offers opportunities for things to go back into the spotlight and hey if there's an audience for it NASCAR smart enough to at least explore that. Number two. Speaking of NASCAR and entertainment, Full Speed debuted on the Netflix Top 10 Most Watch list. Checking in in a number of different areas in the Top 10, the United States, Canada, Ireland, Latvia, Switzerland, Portugal and Croatia, Belgium, Estonia, the UK, and even South Africa. Again, it goes back to the conversation we had of why is NASCAR trying to go outside the country? When you're getting that type of interest from other areas, it's worth exploring races in Canada, in Mexico, in Brazil, in Japan, in European countries, and moving it all around. Now, logistically, is that a real challenge? Sure. Is this something NASCAR might have to do uh, only for their clash because you need the time to go over there and then try to get everybody back, not to mention getting the cars over and back? Yeah, it, it can be a hurdle. But you're talking about NASCAR, you're getting ways to grow your audience. And if there's enough of an audience, enough demand for it, you go down that road, which brings us back to the big story. And that is... And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. So according to Adam Stern of Sports Business Journal, NASCAR and its teams have agreed multiple times, I might add, to extend their charter renewal discussions after the most recent one lapsed at the end of December. NASCAR offering teams... 42% of media revenue and a proposed new deal. That would be a 3% increase from 39% last year, according to sources that uh, Adam Stern has obtained. He's with Sports Business Journal and very well plugged in, so I would trust that he's got the right sources on this. Uh, NASCAR teams have let the window expire, but you know the bigger part is there does seem to be a growing sense of frustration. At some point, Trey, they're going to get this worked out because there's a new media rights deal in place, but the costs have gone up. NASCAR is also asking teams that you would think to look at spending even more, in the immortal words of Kenny Powers, dollar, dollar bills, y'all, to redo their car if they can't upgrade the short track and super speedway and even road course packages from this past year. So when you're doing that, teams are looking for ways to compensate for their loss. That is why there's this major sticking point that is hovering. Inevitably, deadlines create action, and I think we get there at some point, but these things play out, and it shows how oftentimes hard-intentioned business deals are rather sticky. And there is your Fast Five at Five-ish. When we return in the Fast Lane, we will take a different route from NASCAR. We'll get to that, by the way, around 540 with Tom Bowles of FrenchTrek.com. But when we return, 
David Teal, Hall of Fame columnist and reporter for Richmond.com, joins us here in the Fast Lane.